Welcome to the Still Study Podcast, episode number 45, here on this Saturday, May 7th, 2022. Can't believe a full week into May, the year rolls along, 2022 rolls along, rookie minicamps are on the horizon, and before you know it, we're going to blink and it will be training camp. It's been a fun week recapping the Pittsburgh Steelers draft selections. If you haven't checked that out, I did that on all the study sessions this week. Next week, going to be profiling all the undrafted free agents. So, you know, these new faces and black and gold uniforms. And today, going to really, this is the, the question episode where I'm going to get into some questions, reflect on a few things. We're going to talk about the quarterback room. Just how much better is this team now, if at all, after the draft? What's the personality of this team? And who is its leader? We're going to talk about a significant Pittsburgh legend who is hanging it up. And then we're going to do a little game called Percent Chances. So all of that here today on the Still Study Podcast, episode number 45. And as always, want to start the show by saying thank you. Thank you, thank you, Yin's beautiful, beautiful studians for being supporters of the Still Study, for listening to my work, reading my work, sharing it with your family and friends. It truly does mean the world to me, so thank you for that. I would love to connect with you. We can do that one of three ways. You can comment directly on the articles at the bottom of the page. You can hit me up via email at thestillstudy at gmail.com. And you can also give me a follow on Twitter at Still Study. Would love to connect with you. Get your question, comment, feedback on the show. Every Saturday, I do the Steelers Saturday Mailbag, in which I do just that. Get your question, comments, feedback on the show. You drive the content. You make it happen. So let's connect. And there's a new one of those up on the site today. So be sure to check that out. And also, please be reminded of the podcast that I do with Jim Wexel over on his site, The Still City Insider. Our podcast is called The Still City Insider Podcast. Jim and I recorded earlier this past week, talked about the Steelers draft. It was a lot of fun. Jim is super insightful and knowledgeable, having covered your Pittsburgh Steelers since 1995. You don't want to miss it. It's linked in the show notes, so be sure to check that out. All right, studyings, let's go here. Just a lot of processing, thinking about this team following the draft. And going to start out talking about quarterbacks. Yes, that has been the topic since the end of the season. But just wanted to have a conversation, conversation with myself, here about Kenny Pickett, Mitch Trubisky, and Mason Rudolph. You could throw Chris Oladokun in there as well. But how do I see this quarterback room shaking out? I hit a little bit on this in the study session, the Steelers Saturday mailbag today. But I just wanted to talk about the room in general. Right now, even with Kenny Pickett being drafted, this is going to be Mitchell Trubisky's team until it's not. He's going to be given every opportunity to come in, be the starter, show what he could do in Pittsburgh, show what he could do with his personnel and the Matt Canada offense, he's going to get that shot first. And if he is successful, that's great. That's going to keep Pickett on the bench and allow him time 
to grow and develop, which to me, I think is important. I know a lot of people think that Pickett is ready to play right away, and that very well may be true, but I think there is tremendous value in young quarterbacks sitting, learning, watching before they get thrown into the fire. Now, I'm not saying that he should be on the bench the entire season. If at some point you start Trubisky and by midseason you're not satisfied with his performance, then you could go ahead and make the move because Pickett will at least have had some time to adapt to the NFL game. But I know that I'm not a proponent to throwing him directly to the Wolves. Again, just because of the value of sitting. In terms of Mason Rudolph, I'm still not sold that he returns to the Steelers. Or maybe he starts training camp with Pittsburgh, gets an opportunity to compete. But all the while, Pittsburgh is entertaining offers from other teams. And if there's an injury and a team who's desperate for a body at the position, then potentially Rudolph could be moved for a sixth or seventh rounder. I think anything higher than that to expect for him is unrealistic. So possibly they're holding on to Rudolph until they're able to make a move like that. I know Jim Wexel on our podcast earlier this week thinks that Rudolph will be the starter, that he's not going anywhere. His argument is, why bring in a veteran free agent quarterback who doesn't know the system when you have Rudolph there? Or why put Kenny Pickett as your backup and then have Chris Oladokun as your third? Then you're relying on two rookies on your depth chart, which is a solid argument. But again, when the season kicks off officially, I just don't see Mason Rudolph being part of this team. And the other piece too, he's a competitor. He wants to compete for a starting spot. He doesn't have that opportunity anymore. It's not there. He's number three in the pecking order behind Trubisky and Pickett. He's not in that mix. No matter what Kevin Colbert's saying, no matter what Mike Tomlin's saying, he his, his time is done. His time is done. So that's just my riff on the quarterback room, how I'm seeing things play out over these next couple of months. I also wanted to spend some time talking about how much better is this team now or is it not better? Has it stayed the same or is it worse? There are seven new Steelers that have been added via the draft. There are some new undrafted rookie free agents. There have been a lot of free agent signings that the Steelers have made. And when you look at those things in totality, are they a better team? Is this, is this a better Pittsburgh Steelers team here today, May 7th, than it was following that Kansas City Chiefs wildcard loss? If you look at the offensive line, they've upgraded there. You have Mason Cole coming in as a free agent. You have James Daniels who came in as a free agent, they should be starters on this line. And you would hope that there is growth and development out of Kevin Dotson, 
out of Kendrick Green, out of Dan Moore, out of Chukawoma Okorafor. And that's all well and good, but you can't count on growth and development. And, and that we won't know until training camp starts, till the preseason game starts, till the games start, whether or not that potential is developed. But they did make a concentrated effort to get better. The one player that we know will be a force on the line is James Daniels because he did it in Chicago. So, yes, they are better there. You would think that the tight end room is only going to get better with another year experience and Pat Freyermuth and Zach Gentry. You would think that Najee Harris is going to be better one year later. There isn't much running back depth there, proven running back depth, effective running back depth. Wide receiver, you have Deontay Johnson, who is returning, Chase Claypool. But outside of those two, you're counting on two rookies. Now, highly talented rookies, Calvin Austin and George Pickens, but can they develop quickly? Can they show maturity on the field? And can they take their explosive talents and utilize them to improve this passing attack? Again, a lot of questions. A lot of potential, but a lot of questions, things we just won't know until practice and games begin. And then quarterback. For as immobile as Roethlisberger was, he was smart enough to read the field, get rid of the football, the quick passing game. That's going to shift to an approach that takes advantage of the mobility of this group of quarterbacks, specifically Mitch Trubisky and Kenny Pickett. You no longer will have a immobile 40-year-old back there quarterback, and that's no disrespect to Ben. That's just it is what it is. So you would think that that mobility and youth at the position improves it. You would think, again, a lot of these things that you need certainty on in order to say that the team is going to be better You don't have it yet. So that's where the jury is still out on how these players will develop. Shifting over to the defensive side of the football, you have a plethora of defensive linemen. You got defensive linemen coming out the wazoo. And you have an all-world player in Cameron Hayward. You're going to have a, an Isaiah Loudermilk who should be one year better, who played well as a rookie. You've got Montrevious Adams who's going to have an actual training camp with the team. He should be better. You'll have Tyson Alualu who's returning at the nose, the bolster that nose position. So there's a lot of players returning. And the, the one... X factor here is what's going on with Stefan Tuitt. Is he going to return? It seems more promising today than it did a few weeks ago about whether or not he would be returning to the Steelers. But in listening to Kevin Colbert and Mike Tomlin talk, conversations have been had. And it seems, at, at least for right now, the, that he is trending towards playing in the 2000. 
and 22 season. If he is back, you've got yourself a high-quality offensive line that looks like Tuit, Hayward, Alu-Alu. Then you could really start using those younger players the way that they should be used earlier in their careers as role players to spell those starters, to get a rotation going. That's how they should be used. They got called upon to be starters last year, which they weren't prepared for, and they gained a lot of value experience in that process, but we saw the results and how many times they were gashed in the running game. So a lot's going to depend on the health of Tuit. Again, more uncertainty. We just don't know. You go to the inside backers, more the same. Devin Bush. What will be his status for next year? Is he still going to be hampered by that ACL? Will he regain his old form? If he does, that could be a position of strength alongside Miles Jack. But again, we don't have that certainty. Outside backer, you have your certainty there. Even though Alex Highsmith isn't elitely explosive like TJ Watt, he is still more than serviceable. He's good. And in his third year, he should be even better. That's the strongest position in terms of starters on the defense. Not a ton of depth. And then your secondary, you stayed stable with Minka Fitzpatrick and Terrell Edmonds. So those guys will hold down the back end of the defense. Cameron Sutton, mixed results last year. Akello Witherspoon played well in a short period of time. But we don't know what that unit looks like together with all those pieces in place. The Boz, I mean, we don't even need to talk kicker. You, you know what he's going to bring. Percy Harvin, excuse me, Presley Harvin, Percy Harvin. Presley Harvin, can he overcome the challenges that he had last year? So how much better is this team now? Here's what you can objectively say. The Steelers were aggressive in their pursuit to add free agents to make this roster better. There's no question. They were aggressive in drafting players to fill needs that they had. Quarterback at wide receiver, especially in terms of getting players with speed. They made active efforts to find players that fit the needs that they had. Now it's just a matter of seeing whether or not that truly does improve the team. So in terms of how much better is this team now, We don't know. There are some positions that have been upgraded. But the answer is we just, we don't know. We don't know. And we won't know until we see this unit on the field. That might sound like a non-committal answer, and it is. But it's the reality. On paper, it looks good. It looks like they'll be better. But there are just too many unanswered questions that we just won't know until the players start playing. So the answer is 
to the question, how much better is this team now? We don't know. It's better on paper, but in practice, we have yet to see. The other question I wanted to toss around a bit, what is the personality now of this team? Who is this team? For 18 years, this was Ben Roethlisberger's squad. He was the unquestioned leader. He was the gunslinger. He was the cowboy. It all started and it all ended with him. There was no question as to who the offense ran through. His toughness was a personification of the team. The team looked at him as a leader, but now he's gone. So what does the personality of this team become? And I know when I think of that, there are two players that come to mind for me that are going to play huge roles this year in terms of leadership and in terms of the personality of your 2022 Steelers. And that's TJ Watt on the defensive side of the football. And that's Najee Harris on the offensive side of the football. This defense is going to be a better unit. At least it should be on paper than it was last season. And it's all going to start with TJ Watt. The defense is going to keep this team in games. It's going to be about physicality, toughness, aggression, bringing the pressure, forcing turnovers, and attacking. On the offensive side of the football, Najee Harris, when you consider what he did with basically an absent offensive line last season, He did a hell of a job for a rookie. And just as the offense ran through Ben Roethlisberger for 18 years, it's now going to run through literally Najee Harris. This is the Najee Harris show. You thought that he dominated that offense last year in terms of touches. Wait till you see him this year. And you're going to see him this year with a full year of NFL experience under his belt. And what he's going to bring to the table is versatility, but also that toughness. He's going to pound the football. He's going to wear defenses out. So you're going to have that physicality on defense, but you're also going to have it on offense. And that's going to be the demeanor and personality of this team. It's a return to the roots of the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's being physical. It's out-physicaling the opponent. It's winning both lines of scrimmage. It's applying pressure on defense. Getting sacks, forcing turnovers. And on offense, it's about pounding the football, controlling the clock. And that's how they're going to have to win games. The quarterback this year will not throw 30 times a game. 
That's not how this offense is going to be built. Whomever is the starter, whether that's Trubisky or whether that's Pickett, there's going to be design quarterback runs. There's going to be schemed runs, jet sweeps. These Some of these wide receivers, Calvin Austin, he's going to get some carries. And the QBs will be expected to manage the game. That's it. They're just going to be a physical team whose goal is to dominate the opponent. And it's going to start with TJ Watt. It's going to start with Najee Harris. And they will be your leaders and your captains. I would not be surprised whatsoever for Najee Harris to be named the team captain this year. This guy's special, man. And we, what we saw last year only scratched the surface. Wait, wait, do you see what he does this year? Again, I've been saying forever, 1,500 yards is, I would just say, an okay season for him. I think he's got the potential to be really, really special this season. And then two more things I want to hit on here. Ed Bouchette, who now writes for The Athletic, longtime beat writer of the Steelers, wrote for the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette for several years. He has announced his retirement from journalism, from covering the Steelers. And I don't know if there's a more revered, legendary Steelers writer than Ed Bouchette. Again, there are guys out there when I'm reading and studying the Steelers that I pay attention to. And honestly, Ed's at the top of that list because he's done it for so long. He knows this team and organization and his work is just tremendous. So I wanted to take an opportunity to share my gratitude for Mr. Bouchette. And I have memories as a kid. I remember getting the post Pittsburgh Post-Gazette on Sundays. My dad would go to church. I'd go with him. I'm not a churchgoer now. But I remember going with my dad. And then afterward, we'd always go to the, the little quick mart. It was called Taylor's. And I would get a uh, Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. And I just remember reading the Post-Gazette, reading Bouchette's work. And that's those were the early years of my love of the Steelers and reading about the Steelers and writing about the Steelers. And Ed Bouchette is part of some of those early memories of mine that I really do treasure. So I know he'll never listen to this, but my gratitude to Ed Bouchette, just uh, one of the best who's ever done it. And then I'm going to wrap up the show with a little game called Percent Chances. And I've done similar things like this on the show in recent episodes. But basically, I have three questions. I'm going to go through each of these questions and talk about the percent chance likelihood that this will or will not happen. So I'm going to start with the first one. The percent chance that Stefan Tuitt returns and plays at a high level for your Pittsburgh Steelers. Again, the news has been trending towards the positive for Tuit. I am encouraged to hear Kevin Colbert and Mike Tomlin speaking specifically about 
to it is encouraging. And at this point, I feel pretty good. I would say there's a 70% chance that he returns and plays at a high level. So I think that's looking much, much better than it was a few months ago. The next percent chance. Devin Bush rebounds from the ACL and returns to form in 2022. What's the percent chance of that? <sighs> so last year, if you remember over the summertime, Devin was on Twitter posting some nonsense, just some foolishness. Now remember, he is a young, 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 young man. And then went on just to have a, a poor season. And I want to give him the benefit of the doubt that it was just an anomaly, that it was just because of his ACL. And just seeing some of his workout v- videos recently, he looks like he's getting after it, like he's trying to prepare so he could be a force next season. So that is encouraging. But there's a part of me that that's concerned here because we have seen some players who have had ACL injuries come back and be effective right away. So I, I'm not feeling overly confident about Devin Bush. Hope I'm wrong, but I'm going to give this a 40% chance of being realistic. And then the last one, TJ Watt will exceed 20 sacks again. 2022. Here's what I'll say. TJ Watt is going to break his own record from last year. I think he I think dude goes nuts and just has one of the best seasons as a defender in the NFL ever. 100% this is a stone cold lead pipe Lizak for me. I think TJ's pissed that he didn't get the NFL record. That he tied it. I think the dude's going to be hungry. And think of all those games that he missed. He likes to work out. He likes to get after it. He's going to bring it next year, man. And that's going to do it. That is episode number 45 of the Steel Study Podcast. You like that accent? Just throwing it out there. Just messing around here. I hope you guys have a tremendous weekend. I just want to take a moment to be real with everyone and just say thank you. I mean it. When you listen, when you read, when you share, it means so much to me. This is a passion of mine. I do this because I love it. This is just me and my element. So again, the fact that you're checking it out means so much to me. I want to thank you for that. Let's connect. You know the three ways how to do that. Comment, email, tweet. Check out the cast with Wexel. It's linked in the show notes. Do something positive for yourself and someone else this weekend. Remember, be profiling all of the undrafted rookie free agents next week. We'll be covering them on the sessions. Check those out. And I hope you have a fantastic Saturday. Don't forget about Mother's Day. Take care of your moms.
and have a great day, everyone. And thank you so much for listening to the Steel Study Podcast. Peace.